back to the Michigan Business Beat, brought to you on the Michigan Business Network. Chris Holman here at the studios at the Capital Region International Airport. We're going to stay in town right now, although we don't have to because the interview is with an attorney with Foster Swift, Collins & Smith, which has offices all over the state of Michigan, as a matter of fact. Anthony Delamani joins us. Anthony, it's always good to have you on. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me, Chris. Good. You guys are throwing a big party or something like that. Let me know what that is. Yeah, sure. So our labor and employment team here at Foster Swift, so we have labor and employment lawyers in our Southfield, Lansing, and Grand Rapids offices. We're throwing a fall labor and employment law update to discuss major issues and developments that employers should be aware of. And some of those topics, they're listed on our website, but we're going to be discussing unemployment insurance, employee misclassification, drug testing, developments and non-compete agreements, which has been crazy the last couple months, workplace monitoring and religious discrimination. Yeah, this is uh, really interesting. And the topic is very varied, the topics, but give us a little teaser and talk about one of those. Sure. So last month, the U.S. Supreme Court made a ruling that significantly changed the landscape of religious accommodations. The case was Groff versus DeJoy. And the question in that case was whether the employer had violated an employee's Title VII rights in not granting his request for a religious accommodation when the employee didn't want to work on Sundays due to his religion and he was subsequently disciplined for it. So the rule up until this point was that requiring the employer to bear more than a de minimis cost to provide a religious accommodation, that was an undue hardship and the employer didn't have to accommodate. Now, the Supreme Court changed that rule in a you know rare unanimous decision and held that employers who deny religious accommodations have the burden of showing that granting the accommodation would result in substantial increased costs in relation to the conduct of the business. So it's more of a holistic approach. So, Anthony, as if I didn't know the answer to this, what does this mean to employers? So... You know, Justice Alito said in his opinion, if you're an employer and you're faced with a request, you know, like the one that popped up in the case, the employer has to do more than simply conclude that forcing other employees to work overtime would constitute a hardship. So you have to consider other options. And, you know, we recommend educating HR staff and managers on how to apply this new standard. You know, we think there's a possibility that more requests may come in and basically exploring all avenues in responding to these requests in a way that, you know, isn't a flat out denial. So getting to the Supreme Court is not that easy a task. So there has to be time and money and energy behind it. This is not this particular employee getting it there. Is the ACLU involved or who kind of finances this whole thing? You know, that's a good question. I think it's, you know, these organizations look for good cases, so to speak. And this was an issue where, you know, I think the standard agencies had looked at the standard regarding religious accommodation and found that it was a little outdated and was ripe for challenge. And, you know, I think they drew focus on this particular employee's case. And that's sort of how it got to the Supreme Court level was, you know, they looked at it and was like, oh, this one might do it. So I hate to put you in this predicament, but to me, this looks like 
a conservative Supreme Court changing the decision of a liberal court, almost more political than judicial. Does that have that feel or am I out in space on this? I think there's some, you know, credence to that effect. However, I would say that it was a unanimous decision, 9-0. And so it wasn't 5-4 here. And I think, you know, there's certainly a religious, you know, conservative element to it. You know, it's the decision is more pro-employee and more pro-employee who expresses religious beliefs and seeks a religious accommodation. So I think there is some, you know, credence to that statement. However, the liberal justices agreed with it as well. So I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting, but this precedent kind of opens the door to some other groups that could be bringing forth this type of thing too. So it's essential then that they attend your seminar and learn more about this. Again, October 12th, 9 a.m. Is this open to public? Open to the public. There's a sign up on our website. All you got to do is put in an email and you'll get sent an invite or a link and you'll be ready to go. So Anthony Delamonte, attorney with Foster Swift, Collins and Smith with offices in Southfield, Lansing, and I can't name the other 36 places. you <laughs> But thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for, as always, you folks bringing clarity to things that are not easily understood. Thanks, Chris. All right. Good to have you on. You are all listening to Michigan Business Beat on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Chris Holman. We'll be back with you.